0: Picture the ideal day in the months to come. Let's take the government's words as truth. All social distancing rules have gone. Shut your eyes for me. What does that day look like? Where are you? What can you see in that moment? Who are you with? What are you doing? Maybe you're in a little town in Europe, drinking wine in the sun, or trekking up a mountain on the other side of the world. Maybe you're still at home, but your house is full of laughter from your friends or family. Maybe you're having an adventure day with your children, or maybe you're at a spa in the countryside as far away from your children as possible. I picture myself in a park with the sun shining, you know when you shut your eyes and you can still still see the brightness of the sun through your eyelids. I'm laying on a picnic blanket, chatting absolute rubbish with a friend, probably with a pims in hand. How mundane does that sound? Compared with all the other places in the world I could go to in my imagination, it's really not very extravagant, is it? But that's what the last year has done to me. I could cry at the thought of warmth on my skin, a buzz of people around me, and the peace of knowing that the world isn't as restrained. That sort of moment or day used to be one that I took for granted, but after the turmoil, sadness, and boredom of the last year we've had, I can't think of anything better. Today, we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Just like lockdown has been harder because we know what is to come, our ideal days in the future, socially distanced free, will be 10 times brighter because of the darkness that we've come through. This is the same for Jesus' death and resurrection. His time on the cross was the darkest time that the world will ever know, and yet it made the truth of his resurrection even brighter. To give a brief recap of what this truth is, let me talk you back to the creation of the world. God made and loved everything in it, and when he created us humans, he gave us free will out of that love. Over time, we used this free will to do things that weren't good for us and brought harm to others. We could have some kind of relationship with him, but it required a number of different rules to be followed and sacrifices to be made. God obviously didn't want that to happen, and like any parent would, became angry at what was happening. He tried to intervene a number of times, but like children, we kept going and ultimately bringing destruction on ourselves. God needed a plan to end this once and for all, while also leaving us with the greatest gift he's ever given us, our free will, because he still loved his people. And so he came up with Jesus, I'm sure you know this story. Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph, fully human, a little baby, while also being fully God. He was God's son and had a perfect relationship with him. As Jesus grew up, he loved people just as much as God did. When he was around 30, he started showing people what he could do as well. Utterly miraculous things such as healing sick people and somehow making a few loaves of bread and a few fish feed thousands. He told people about God and people dropped everything to follow him. How could you not after seeing all of that stuff, right? A few years after reminding people who God was, the government, who didn't like his power, arrested him, took him to a cross, hung him there and watched him die. This was the most painful and humiliating way to go. And on top of that, there were crowds of people there chanting and mocking him. Let's remember that this was God. God, first of all, allowed himself to become as vulnerable as a baby and eventually let humans kill him in this way. When this happened, when Jesus died on the cross, it allowed God to release all of his anger from the previous generations out. Every bad thing we had done was punished there on the cross and once it was finished it meant God could finally have a relationship with us that passed rules and regulations. It became free. It didn't require anything from us. God loved his people so much that he just wanted to have a relationship with them regardless of what they did. Three days after his death, Jesus was brought back to life and that's what we celebrate today. Jesus' death meant that this huge gap that existed between us and God was finally bridged. He made it possible for us to finally have a deep and personal relationship with God. This changes everything. It means we can speak to and hear from God whenever we want. It means that God can give us gifts that we can grow in and use to bless those around us. It means that although we exist in a painful and confusing world, we are never ever alone. In the trials we face, he never leaves us. He brings us comfort when we're lonely, healing when we're wounded, and strength when we can't get up on our own. He gives us grace to be able to overcome the challenges and the troubles we face and fills us with such a tangible peace when the world becomes too overwhelming for us to handle. In the face of injustice and mistreatment, he brings his justice, which is a whole lot more fair than what we try to make of it. He lines our bones with strength that cannot be defeated and offers us a hope that will not be conquered. In the stress, mental illness, loss, addiction, loneliness and social injustice, he brings true freedom. He is love and light itself that shines on the darkest of circumstances and nothing will ever overcome it. On that cross, when Jesus drank from the cup that was meant for us, he declared, it is finished and so be it. We were once separated from God and now we're not. Today we celebrate Jesus' resurrection and with it comes an invitation. God is asking, will you join me? Will you let me join you? What will our answer be? Will we say yes or will we say no? You see, this whole narrative is a series of yeses and no's to God. Like we've already talked about when God created the world with man in it, he asked Ayeka, which means where are you in relation to me? Man had already made their statement by disobeying God's command, and there was the first no to God's call. This carried on, didn't it? All the way through the Old Testament, we read of where humanity said a resounding no in their actions towards God. God gave humanity another chance to do good through Abraham and Sarah's lineage, but it didn't take long for their sons to flip the narrative again through a series of scandals in classic human form. God stayed committed and rescued his people Israel from Egypt. He gave them a rule book of how to follow him and again they strayed off path. They worshipped a bunch of other gods that they had created and through that they said another no on behalf of humanity. This went on and on and on. God kept trying, we kept turning away. We used the free will he gave us to ultimately say no to him. And then Jesus came along, didn't he? He showed us how to say yes to God in a way like no other. Rather than tracking Jesus' journey, I want us to focus on someone who may be a little bit more relatable to us. I want us to look through the eyes of Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. In Luke five, we read that Peter and his fellow fishermen were on a boat trying to catch fish and they were failing miserably. This guy, Jesus, who was a total stranger at the time came along and filled their nets with so many fish that the boats began to sink. Jesus asked them to follow him and Peter left everything behind to do just that. That was Peter's first yes to Jesus. Over the next three years, Jesus asked Peter and the other disciples to do many things in support of his ministry. Peter was asked to live alongside him, to watch and to learn. And Peter did all of these things and served others along the way there's a really specific time where peter's friend jesus walks on water towards him in the middle of a storm and he asked peter to step out and join him jesus asked peter to trust his power and his promises peter said a ridiculous yes and stepped out onto the water to walk with jesus when the time came for Jesus to take on the cross he told Peter that Peter would disown him three times before the cock crowed. Peter said absolutely not even if I die I will never leave you. Later that night when Jesus was arrested three people asked Peter if he was one of a, one of Jesus's followers. Peter said no three times. After all of that After everything Peter had seen Jesus do and all the things that Peter had promised Jesus, all it took was a few people pointing fingers for Peter to flake out of his loyalty and say no to Jesus. Jesus was Peter's best friend for three and a half years. They went through things that he had never gone through before together. Peter expressed that he trusted Jesus no matter what and yet broke all of his yeses and said no. How many times have we done this? Said Jesus, the light of my life, here is my life. Here I am, send me. I trust you to keep your promises, have it all. And then as soon as we feel Jesus nudging us to do something a little bit uncomfortable or a bit out of our understanding, we're like, "Mm, I don't think so, it's a no from me. We make excuses and even try to rationalise it with our unlimited logic. Just like Peter, we grow fickle in the face of potential hardship or humiliation and we turn our yeses into no's, don't we? We forget who Jesus is and let our fearful lens of the world reign over Jesus' mandate for our lives and the lives around us. Those three days for Peter would have been total darkness By this point, his best friend had died and the government made sure that his name was in the mud. On top of this, Peter had denied that Jesus was his friend altogether. I imagine he was in agony, in deep sadness and turmoil over his loss. So angry at those that killed Jesus and totally guilt ridden and plain embarrassed about how he rejected him. I imagine he was confused as well. At how the Son of Man had been killed by men and doubtful about the things that Jesus has promised. Empty, perplexed and hopeless. On that third day when Jesus arrived at the beach and asked Peter and his disciples to let down their net one more time, he had overcome death. God had let his forgiveness reign over the earth and nothing was the same again. When Jesus revealed himself to his friends one last time, Peter had another decision to make. To follow Jesus or to not follow Jesus? To let his yes be a yes or to let his no be a no? Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water and headed to shore while the others pulled in their nets. Peter left everything behind and ran towards Jesus, abandoning everything in pursuit of the one that he loved. He had finally learned what it meant to follow God and now he could experience it in a whole new way. Today we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and with it we have a decision to make. Will we let our yes be a yes? After Peter joins Jesus on the beach, Jesus asks an infamous question three times. Do you love me? And in response to Peter's yes, Jesus asked him to feed his lambs and take care of his sheep. Where is God asking you to say yes to him? Maybe he's asking you to say yes to a relationship with him for the first time. Maybe God is asking you to say yes to giving something that you have and to join in with a generosity journey. God wants to continually open up our eyes and take us on an adventure through that. Perhaps it's in a life plan. Most of the time when we're walking with God he asks us what we'd like to do and he takes great joy in joining us in that but occasionally he does nudge us or gently call us to change something that we're doing or even where we're living. Perhaps you feel God asking you to uproot a huge area of your life and to trust him with what you'll need because of it. Maybe it's that he's asking you to say yes to sharing who he is with your family or friends or acquaintances. He's asking you to look at what you have in relationship with him and understand that freedom can extend to those people as well, but that they just first need to be invited into it. Yes, it's scary. A hundred things could go wrong, but he's asking you to trust him to step out and to say yes. Just like Jesus said to Peter on the beach on the day of his resurrection, he is asking us, do you love me? What is your answer? Today on Easter Sunday, 2021, are you saying yes or no to the most important question that you will ever get asked? Have you said yes before? And are you still saying yes now? Have you been sitting on the fence unsure of how to answer? Maybe you've said no recently. Maybe you've turned away from Jesus, but you hear this question again and you want to answer differently. You have an invitation and it needs an RSVP. Is it a yes or is it a no? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you on this day for every single thing that you've done for us. Father, we thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for every single wrongdoing that we've ever made. And Father, we thank you that you forgive us, that you continually forgive us every day. Father, we thank you for the freedom that we get to enter into in relationship with you. God, we thank you that in the struggles, in the trials and in the challenges, that you are with us, comforting us and strengthening us and giving us grace to forgive others around us. Father, today, may we know that you ask, do you love me? May we know that you love us already. And Father, in making this decision to answer yes or no, may you remind us of every single thing that you've done. Lord, we absolutely adore you and we ask that on this adventure, you show us even more of your character. Lord, we pray all of these things in your holy name. Amen.